Dear brothers and sisters, feel great honor to celebrate this Mass uh, with you. I will briefly reflect with you on the scriptures which have been proclaimed to us, and then I'll make the appeal uh, after that. My friends, the scriptures that have just been proclaimed to us draw our attention to two basic attitudes which should characterize us as a community of faith, nor as a church. The first one is that the law of God is meant to change our hearts and our actions. The second one is that the word of God is meant to be lived, not just listened to or not just held. Dear friends, as we have heard in the gospel that has just been proclaimed to us, Jesus reminded the Pharisees that good and evil come from what is in our hearts and not from some outside law. Jesus keeps calling us to change our hearts to a change of heart. That's the only way that our actions can truly be holy ones. When we allow ourselves to be open and receive the immense love that God has for us and understand how passionately he desires us to live in his love, then our hearts will truly change. As a result, my dear friends, we'll be better able to hear God's word for what it is, a word spoken to us because he loves us and desires us to be one with him. Dear brothers and sisters, when we begin to understand and accept God's great love for us, then we will be truly drawn to love in return. Loving God with our whole being is the gift we receive, and that love overflows to touch the lives of all those around us, especially those who are in need of experiencing God's love. My dear friends, Today's scriptures call us to look more carefully to our God who loves us and then look inside ourselves, look inside our hearts and ask ourselves some of these questions. Am I hearing God's word as the word of love for me? Am I letting God's word of love change my heart? Do I spend enough time with God so that I am renewed by his love? In short, dear friends, God's love is what makes us the body of Christ, a community of believers. It's what makes us the church. Today, 
through the scriptures that have been proclaimed, God is inviting us to choose to live by his love. I will now briefly make the appeal that has brought me here. As was, as was said at the beginning of the Mass, Bishop Martin Tumbuka from the Diocese of Karonga in Malawi. Just to reposition ourselves, Malawi is in Central Africa, to the west of Mozambique, the south of Tanzania, and the east of Zambia. There's a population of 17 million people, about 25% of whom are Catholic. There are eight dioceses, the youngest one be the diocese where I am bishop, it was created eight years ago. The number of people living within the diocese of Karonga is slightly over half a million. And um, when the diocese started, it had 57,000 Catholics. That number has rapidly grown to 73,000. 73, Thanks to the grace of God and our humble efforts there. Of the 73,000, 28,000 children between the age of seven, 7 and 14. They are the ones who this year have brought me here. And then between 14 or 15 and 21, 8,000. When you put these two numbers together, you realize that out of the 73,000, more than half were young people. Malawi is one of the, the three poorest countries in the world, with the majority of people living on less than a dollar a day. That brings its own issues, some of which I will briefly touch on. As a diocese, we have nine parishes. We have 13 priests. Um, nevertheless, we try to reach out to as many people as possible. And myself as a bishop try to interact with as many groups as possible every year, different groups. This year, last Sunday actually, I met 250 children of the age between 7 and 14 for a full day from around 8 in the morning to about 8 in the evening. I called one from each prayer center, as some of you are already aware, in the African context, it's not possible for all parishioners to pray at the parish center like here. So this parish, for example, would have maybe 40 or 30 prayer centers where people pray on their own every Sunday. Maybe the priest goes there three or four times a year. But otherwise, they pray on their own, the liturgy of the word and everything else. So I wanted to interact with these children to hear what we are doing well, and to hear what we are not doing well. To hear about their lives in their homes, in their neighborhoods, but also to hear about their lives in their schools. Some go to our schools, others go to state schools or any school that is nearest to them. So I started with um, their life in prayer centers and parish centers like here. So I said, can you tell me the thing that you like most when you go there. Well, in these player centers, I will explain afterwards, one of the things we do is that we feed them. And I will explain why. 
So they said, the number one thing that we like most in these prayer centers is porridge that you give us. Okay, I said porridge, okay, fine. What's the second thing that you like most there? Said football, that we pray there. I said, what is the third thing that you like? There's the catechism, lessons. Okay, I said, what would you like me to improve on? And, and with my brother priest and the catechism, what should we do better? Give us more porridge. <laughs> I said, okay, what about the second thing that we should do better? More football and netball, because the ones you gave us, they finished a long time ago. Okay. What should I do? The third thing, catechism and hymn books. These children were being very frank. There's a reason why we give them porridge at prayer centers and in schools. For most of them, that's the only meal they have in that day. And so they come very early to mass, but because before mass they have porridge. They bring all their neighbors, Muslim, Pentecost, or whatever. They bring their spoons, plates, whatever they can to hold the porridge in, they bring it. We did this because most children either eat at our schools or eat at our prayer centers. They complained of parents not looking after them, particularly regarding food. They also looked about, talked about the problem of their parents not loving one another, particularly the mothers being ill-treated by their, their fathers. And they asked me to provide more lessons to parents about how to look after children. I asked them about at school, what is their biggest problem? Said most of these schools have no water. It's good to contextualize this. These children go to prayer centers like this one, walking five kilometers, eight kilometers, or 10 kilometers. This morning, Father Christopher picked me from our head of good counsel. These children I'm talking about would be walking to that place to pray and, of course, have their porridge. And their school would be as far as that. And their mothers would be walking three, four hours to go and draw water. Those in town centers, not that bad. But when you go outside, it can be an immense problem. The Sunday or the some five days or ten, eight days before that, I had another group that I met, the mothers, because I wanted to hear from the mothers, the, the women, in the diocese, what are the issues that we could address? There were many, there were 1,500 of them. They listed me, for me also their own challenges, most of them family related. And when I told the children that, okay, I'm going to Arlington Diocese of Mexico and I'm appealed, but your mothers also gave me a list of issues that need me to address and I don't have the means. The children were very frank. Forget about our mothers for this time. Give us our porridge, our football, and our catechism. You can look after the needs of our mothers next time. We have a radio station which we set up to reach out to the children, which they really like, because that program, that conversation was recorded and broadcast live on the radio station. 
So they were very proud. They knew that the whole diocese was listening to that litany of issues. And they interviewed one of the kids that was eight years old to say, what do you think is the use of this meeting that you have had with the bishop? The small child was very clear that today we've been very honest with our bishop. We have told him things that were really in our hearts. We hope he will do these things because they are very important for us. Give us the porridge, give us the football, and give us the catechism. And teach us the mothers not to beat us and not chase us outside the house when we do something wrong. My dear friends, I come here to appeal for these basic needs. The children can be honestly and very, very frank. If I had asked this question to mothers and older people like myself, I don't think they would tell me that their number one most important thing when they go to church is the porridge. I think they would have probably taught me the rosary or the benediction or something like that. But the children were very clear, even when I tried to change the question, to say, but you go there to pray. They said, yes, Bishop, but the porridge is very important and we need more of that, the porridge, you know. Uh, they were very frank. The issue of water. Most of them suffer from waterborne diseases because they drink bad water. This is what I am coming here for, my dear friends and brothers and sisters in Christ. I know you cannot address all these problems for me, but whatever help you can give will be very dear and helpful for these children. I also ask for the second thing, that you pray for me. Being a bishop in some parts of this world and some parts of the Church of Christ can be a very depressing ministry. It is very depressing sometimes, and the temptation is there, that when you preside at Mass like this one, and you know that seven-eighths of these people didn't eat this morning, or didn't eat yesterday, and you know that these mothers who are here have not fed their children, and probably will never feed them this evening. And when you know that these mothers, their children are sick, and the hospital, the nearest hospital is 10 kilometers, 20 kilometers, or 30 kilometers, and when they go there, probably they will have no medicine. It can be emotionally very draining. I need your prayers because being emotionally drained and being burnt out will not help the diocese. I pray that you pray for me to keep the faith and to do my best in carrying this burden that Christ has put on my shoulders, to keep the hopes of those young children strong and up, and also these mothers and fathers, to keep them strong in their faith. Pray for me, I also pray for you, because I don't think any part of this world, life is rosy all the time for everyone. I know you too, with your own challenges, your own crosses. I also pray for you. Thanks.